Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ready, set, and go. Oh, hold on. Ready, set, go. Wow, she's gotten so much nicer. This she's voice. calmed down a little bit. It's like every week they Zoom is putting in a new update because they keep getting complaints about this voice. If most of you don't know what we're talking about, but it's it's the Zoom yells at you every time you record, and she's really taken some anger management courses and she down has. A bit. She's learned. She's discovered propranolol. You know, she's having a good time. <laughs> she's having a good time. Uh, hi, hi Christy. Ah, I haven't seen you in so long. I missed you so much. I was being a real creep and like. I knew you didn't really have a good internet, but I was like stalking your Instagram to see if you were posting from the Bahamas. I took actually so little pictures of the Bahamas. I don't know if it will ever officially be on record that I went. I like I <laughs> well, I, I saw pe- on Facebook that Linda posted some, and you were in the background, so I think oh. that's enough of a like I trust that it exists. It would at least hold me in court. Like it yeah, would. That's yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I I had a I had a okay time. I say okay because I was also very violently ill Poor so um <laughs> I, was, I don't know what i was expecting because i i've been inside uh, for so long i think like all of the travel my body was like what the fuck is this yeah like, why are you doing this to me i mean you ha- call you facetime me the day the morning you got back and you were like hello it's me and i was like <laughs> oh no and got florida 2.0 here we go you know the last two times i've been sick First of all, I'm proud of myself because I've been waiting since Florida to get sick again to see how long it took me. And it took me almost three years. So like, or it took me over two years. So yeah, I'm happy about that. 19, 
it was 2019, right? March 2019 and July 2021. So I'm proud of myself. I did not get sick for two whole years during a pandemic. But uh, wow, both of those really kicked my ass and they both started with Florida. So I don't know. Florida is, you know, you know. Fill in the blank. I know. <laughs> how how are you? I catch me up. What do you, why do you drink this week? What's the oh. what's the four one one? Oh, thanks for asking. Well, um, it's it's here. It's hit me. Uh, pregnancy is kicking my butt. Welcome to my world now. Where I finally... was wondering, I was wondering because <sighs> when we started recording or when we got on Zoom today, you looked, I you you did not seem like yourself. Are you um, okay? Well, no. Well, yes, but no. Also, because wow. Uh, have you ever had RLS? I thought you were going to say, have you ever had a baby have in your belly? Have you ever had a pregnant, a pregnant womb? RLS. No. Oh, restless leg syndrome. Oh, my God. So I used to get it all the time, like, just in high school and, like, growing, like in college. It was always an issue. And so it's it's something that, like, 30% of people experience during pregnancy, apparently. And it is kicking my butt. Like, it is making me so miserable that I posted, I literally went at like 1am last night, I went onto our close friends on Instagram, which is like our Patreon folks. And I was like, help me. Does anybody know what to do? And I was so like, explain, Ooh. if you don't mind, explain oh, to sure. an ignoramus as me, what makes it so is it just like your muscles are sore after so long because you don't stop doing it or it's just distracting? No, it's, it's almost like – so have you ever had it? It's so hard to explain. I guess not because I've never had – You never would know. Com- it's like one of those things okay. where like the second – because I used to see commercials for it and I was like, what a weird, dumb thing. And then like the night yeah. – the first night I ever had it, I was like, oh, I know exactly what this is. So it's basically like you experience this like uncontrollable – and it's usually, at least for me, when I'm so tired that I'm about to fall asleep – and um, it's like you experience this like uncontrollable need to like move your legs and they feel like burning, itching, like oh, painful. No. And it's almost mm-hmm. like if you don't move them, it like hurt. It's like physically painful. Um, and for me, they get really hot. I mean, it's it's and it's like un, you're just unable to sleep. Um, and so I had I literally last night was like wrapping my legs in cold towels. I was like walking around the cold tile to like That's see awful. if that would help. I was what about- stretching. Ooh. Can you can you take ice packs and like strap them to your legs? Yeah, so I did ice packs, but that it like still didn't work. And then I tried heating pad, that didn't work. So what I ended up doing, which by the way, fun fact, if you're if you're suffering from this and you don't know what to do, this actually really worked. I took icy hot and I put it all up my feet and legs. Interesting. <laughs> and that Interesting. actually seemed to work um, for once. And I don't know if that's just because it'd been over an hour and I was just so miserable, or if it actually <laughs> worked. But um, it's man, I tell you, it. It's happening butt. right now. No, it's only when, at least for me, it's only when I go to sleep. It's oh, like good. I was gonna it. say, yo, if you need to take a lap, like I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 like a sleep d- disorder thing, um, and it's a neurological gotcha. thing, and nobody really understands it. Um, they think it might be like an iron deficiency, or huh. yeah, nobody really. No, knows. the only thing I've ever had was uh, like you know, I'm I'm a fidgeter, so I'll, that's it. I've never had pain with it though, so that sucks. It's 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 so hard to explain. It's like a painful itching, but like it doesn't go. I don't know. Anyway. Hey, you graduated. <laughs> you gra- you clearly like tell me you're 30 without telling me you're 30 is now all those like weird commercials make sense. You know, that's true. That's true. All the like price is right commercials suddenly apply to me, like uh, all the Medicare ones and all that. Yeah. Um, and also I have like pelvic pain. I can barely walk sometimes. I mean, oh, I'm, shit. I'm, I'm hurting, man. And what's uh, the pelvic pain? Like because there's a human head in there. Yeah, or... there's a human okay. body and it's like two and a half pounds now or more or something Ooh. i don't know so it's it's starting it's a big to, kid starting to weigh on me um 
Yeah. So anyway, I, but otherwise tri- it's okay. Is this the trimester where they like just explode in size? So apparently they've the baby has grown four times in the last like month or four times its size in a month or so. So it's oh. like just suddenly gotten really big, and then all of a sudden it's like it's like hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hello, let me out. <laughs> and then when this comes out, I'll officially be in my third trimester. So it's the final stretch. Um, Aren't you supposed to just be nothing but uncomfortable for the next? Yeah, several that's months? what they say. And I kept, be, I kept joking, like, "Well, everyone says that, so knock on wood, I'm feeling fine." And then one day I woke up and was like, Ow. "I literally said like two days ago, I was like, oh, Christine, like, are, are you feeling?'" I was feeling great when we talked. Yeah, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> so, so quickly, all of a sudden, the little baby's got ears and went, "Oh, really? You're feeling that great? Oh, okay, shit, well. I'm not doing my job right." Oh, and I before I forget, I, I'm going to ask you why you drink in a moment, but I wanted to mention before we forget that we did a gift. We finally did our birthday gift exchange which we never even talked about we, oh my god we put it on patreon and it's it's um it was just a blast because our patrons got us freaking i should have known i sh- we should have known that they were gonna knock it out of the park once more Unbelievable. because I-, I never know what to expect because it's always something so out of left field yeah. but every time i'm like whoa i had no idea that this is exactly what i wanted but like completely spot on they literally mailed us hand like creepy coat like personalized creepy coats for each they of us. picked out patches and assembled a creepy coat whoever was the assembler by the way is like the ultra avenger at this point job. in my mind like nailed it out of the park there was a, a whole ass coat for me which was also custom because it had buffalo plaid inside yep, yep they had a coat for you they had a coat lemons, for eva customized lemons, lemons. They had like a spooky NASA cat one for Eva, and they had one for the baby, so we can they have all one for Geo a bandana, and then I pulled out a baby denim coat, You're like a creepy biker gang. I burst into tears. Oh. It has like an, and that's why we stink patch. Like they were all like, yeah. like they were personalized ones, copy oh and paste. Copy. Oh cop- yeah, I got a Control C, and then the little baby one had a Control V. Anyway, I cried on camera, so if you want to watch that, it's on our Patreon. But um, just thank you to our patrons who set that up. Um, it was just so wonderful and personal and like special. I, Allison and I had so much fun at, cause I thought I'd see, I think I was like not processing yes, it when we first were looking at it. Cause I thought I had seen every patch and then we went through it again yes. and with, or went through it with Allison and I was like, oh my God, that's so fun. Oh my God. That's so fun. Oh my God, look at this one. So oh my God. Yeah. Every time I look at it, there's either a new patch or a pin on there that everyone like hand selected for us. So Ugh. it's like completely customized, completely like the thought that went into it is insane. There's literally one on mine that is a pill, like a antidepressant breaking open and filled with lemons like what how do you even find something like that i mean also one of one of mine was the london fog society oh yeah uh london fog friday logo so like i know we have uh some really wonderful artistic listeners Ugh. who actually like have their own etsy shops and they took our logos turned them into patches beautiful and then those were on our jacket Oh my! I mean, word. they're so. so personal and perfect, and the baby one is gonna—it's hanging already in the little nursery. It's very sweet and special. Can the baby come home in that? I was gonna say that should be the hospital outfit. Like, let me put on. Like, <laughs> just step tell aside. the nurse. Just, just leave this here. Just drape it onto the crib until the baby's just here. Just swaddle it, it in this denim, please. <laughs> um, sorry, there's like pins in it. No, there's probably no pins in that one. Also, let's not forget on the ba- on the inside backing of oh, it. Yeah. There was also like one whole sheet that 
people had written messages for us and they just sewed that whole sheet of messages into the back of our jacket. And there was a whole website that went with this too. We got sent a link where everybody sent us. or something? There was a whole, it was like, it looked like like our own Tumblr Tumblr, feed or something. And it was just people just sending in pictures and nice messages. It was insane. So we got really just like emotional worked up and we we had recorded already. So we hadn't been able to talk about it. So I wanted to give a shout out for that. And then Mm. Em and I gave each other our gifts. um, Yeah. And that was really fun. And that's also in the video uh, mm-hmm. and was really cool. I mean, one of them is right here. It's my oh, I was, warrant of arrest I, for being a witch, which I just love. Um, I got it from Salem. It's from apparently Salem. A, a, a copy of it's this the, the same look or the same vibe as the I already measured warrants. it, so I'm going to get a frame. It's like a weird shape, uh, weird size, so I'm going to get a frame for it and hang it right here, um, but I don't have a frame for it yet. But That's amazing. It's so cool. People are going to see it and be like, oh my god, what school did you go to? <laughs> And you're going to be like, uh, the school of witchcraft. They're going to be like, Hogwarts, what school did bitch. you go to in 1725? Like, why is this <laughs> so beat up? Um, what was I going to say about... Oh, you're the president that you got me the the rock. That's all I'm going to say. Oh. Christine got me a fucking rock for <laughs> my birthday. You're welcome. It has, while I've been sick, game changer. Wait, really? Oh, good. Me? Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes I me I had nothing happy. to do in bed all day, so... Anyway. Oh, uh, should we talk about the, the, the big gift we got each other? Or like the... the thing we got each if other. you would like to or yes, should we, we should. not should we not hmm. like, maybe we can tell it on the next show since we already talked so much sure okay so sure. do you want we'll announce what we're, what we got each other the big gift in the next episode um but do you have a reason why you drink this week amethy i i do it is uh it is christine focused it's oh. christine christine forward it's got notes notes of uh <laughs> you know the america's her scene shift a if you sweat will. and yeah okay got it yes actually <laughs> um because uh now that i am uh, have come out of the closet uh what that I do uh, sim streams. Oh, um, I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. You need to update me first. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was called out. I was found out. Um, and so now people know that I do the sim streams. I, a, a significant amount of people came to this week's sim stream. Oh, see, I keep missing uh, it. Where do, how do you know? How do I know when it's happening? It's every Monday at five. Oh, fuck. Uh, I just need to like. Your time. I just need to like pay attention. You really don't need to be there because I'm about to just update you on what you oh, missed. Oh, great. And then Actually, you, let's do that instead. And then you can I, – I know you're going to go back and watch it. So. I am. <laughs> um, you, Miss Christine, have a girlfriend. <gasps> oh, what? Lucky me. What happened? Tell I, me everything. Look, I could pretty? not have played Cupid more because I fought for you and you were – really wrecking it at one point see you uh, know what people always wanted me to date zb in the in the game and i was like no so it started i was getting confident and in the game i was just seeing who you would even flirt with so you were flirting with everyone this week well that's that sounds about right okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not um, picky i'm not a picky person you know? you know what's interesting is so there's this one guy he's like a default character on the sims i don't know who he is but i hate him his oh. name's jay huntington the third and wow he cannot take a hint but like he is so interested in you and you are not there for it oh, and then I, anyone with the third i'm like calm down like he sit, has like, the down. sweater no, 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 no. Yeah. No, like a cardigan sweater. around uh-huh. his shoulders? No, yep. no, no, no. Um, he, uh, he can't take a hint. And then I was like, let's see like how fluid we are in this game with even Zach Bagans. And so I had Zach flirting with Jay Huntington III. Ooh. He got, he got rejected. <gasps> if Zach I felt got really, rejected? 
I, it, okay. Did it he jump really... into the pool and take the ladder out himself? Like what? <laughs> he uh, he really actually was quite defeated. Um, oh, poor guy. But then uh, he did, the two of you flirted with each other. I would never let it get farther than that. But Thank I just you. wanted to see what where it went. Um, <laughs> and then there was like a neighbor walking by and I was like, let's see like what the plan is here. And for one of your options, it said... For some of the characters, I don't know whose sexuality they're gatekeeping here. Uh, but like either one person clearly isn't interested in that in that person or the other. Because when you click on certain characters, it won't give you the romance option. So I don't know. Oh, I'm well, maybe to we f- just don't. Maybe we just don't. Maybe there's just certain like personality traits that don't mesh or something. Maybe. Or I don't know enough about Sims that maybe people are defining like who they'd be attracted to and who they're not. Oh. So, and, and I'm still trying to figure out who you and Zach are attracted to. <laughs> so every time it says that there's no romance option, I'm like, is it be- is it for you or is it for them? I don't know. Oh, so, good point. Good point. So either way, I don't know how it works. But um, you, I clicked on one neighbor person and while I was like playing for you, it said romance. And I went, oh my God, absolutely. And you went, you went on a whole ass date. Like you yeah, traveled away from the house. You went to a bar. I left the house. Okay. You, that Now that means something very serious. You happening. went to a, a juice bar. You went to <laughs> a lounge. And you guys had so much fun. You didn't even make it into the building. You were just talking, talking, talking. But oh. at one point, you got real nervous because I think you made a joke that she didn't think was funny. And oh. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you start like this like green vapor started pouring out of you what? and i was like is she is christine stinky did Uh-oh. she, is she didn't she... put on her native everyone in the comments was like christine needs to put on native deal no! <laughs> oh no <laughs> anyway uh we you're not officially girlfriends yet but uh you had a great time i you uh got up to level two in charisma so i'm very proud of you oh my god i was really doing all i could for you so i hope you enjoy that if you'd like to see christine flirt with an avatar uh and she also had no control of it because i was controlling it then um, (laughs) i trust you with my romantic life don't worry christine look you help me with my romantic life so (laughs) that's right here here you know (laughs) wait that's so cute oh i feel so happy thank you for for you know making spicing up my my online presence i'm trying look well let's let's see how it she might break up with you at any second. We don't know. So well, apparently let's... I stink, which is like yikes. We that fix is... it. We fix it. It's okay. Oh, good. Okay. You're in the clear. Thank God. And there's that. That's why I drink. Uh, that's why I drink now too. So yay and yikes Perfect. all at the same time. Perfect. Well, uh, and then I, I guess that's it. We do. And for those of you who don't know, we'll also say this at the end again. But we do have our live show coming up on the 17th. So oh please my God, come to yes. that. Um, it's at four o'clock Pacific, seven o'clock Eastern. It's a live stream, like our past uh, virtual live shows. Ten dollars a ticket, and it's going to charity. So please uh, help us out. We would really appreciate it. Um, um, it's really, really special and fun. Um, we're trying to get the word out as fast as possible because it's mm-hmm. coming up soon. It's July seventeenth. Did we say that already? Yes. Uh, it's a Saturday, and it's a poetry slam charity auction we're going to read listener stories um it's going to be so much fun and if you want a ticket bit.ly slash atwwd cryptid slam we also have um, a link we, on our socials for it yes yeah and we have some really fun um like we even have two types of dildos i think <laughs> like that's how fun it's gonna be it's um, a it's a definitely a more uh not not your mama's and that's why we drink that's you right know? 
Exactly. And uh, one of my favorite, so there's a lot of small businesses that are contributing product or, you know, their own products and like, it's just really special and cool. And so you can, um, they're auction, we're auctioning those off. And like my favorite jewelry, Noelle Walsh uh, is her name and she's great. And I have so much of her jewelry, but she made us custom milkshake and wine earrings. Um, it, there's just so much fun stuff. So if you want to check it out, please do. It's Saturday. It's $10 a ticket. Again, like Evan said, um, proceeds are all going to charity. So it's going to be a good time. And if you would like to uh, submit your cryptid poetry slam, mm-hmm. you can do so at ATWWD from our couches at gmail.com. And uh, we will be picking some of the best ones. We'll be reading them during this poetry slam and uh, auctioning off some super fun things, yes, including and- many oh. wooden dildos, also uh, a lemon Ouija board. Oh, yeah, that's right. God, there's so much cool shit. And um, so I think some signed shit, too, from us. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But also, Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a story of a personal encounter with a cryptid, we're reading those, too. So it's not just poetry, but also listener stories. So send it in. If you have an encounter with America's Hercene Shifter. (laughs) Oh, God forbid. Please don't send that in. I don't want to (laughs) know. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper 
and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, uh, so... Here's my story for the day. This is from the UK. This is the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. What? Uh, also, let's clarify early. Brown lady means the lady wearing brown. I see. Just so anyone. So has. like the lady in white, the lady in brown yes, type situation. Yes. Got it. Except this time we call her the brown lady, which cool, I cool, don't. Cool, 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 Don't love. Sure, sure, um, sure, 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 sure. Also, just a, like only like half a step up, but I'm very happy I'm not reporting on either a woman in black or a woman in white for once. Like at least it's just a different color. Or red. Sometimes it's red. There's always a brunette in a red dress mm-hmm. in a hotel, and I yep. don't get it. Yep. Well, today we get the lady in brown. So Raynham Hall is one of the oldest buildings in Norfolk, and uh, it's been owned by the same family for over 400 years, or uh, almost 400 years. And the lady in brown, as I'm going to call her, uh, she was, she's said to be the spirit of a woman named Dorothy Walpole, who died uh, over 100 years ago. Her brother was uh, Britain's first prime minister, and so that might be how people know her. Uh, her brother was Robert Walpole. I'm probably saying the name wrong. No, because... I recognize that name. Yeah. Okay. Well, then this is the story of his sister, who is also a famous ghost. So she's a famous ghost. He's a prime minister. Love power that. couple. Look at pow- that family. Yeah. Power siblings. So real quick, I just wanted to give you some background on Dorothy before we talked about the ghost story. Mm-hmm. So Dorothy was born in 1686. She is the 13th child to the Walpoles. And she was married to Charles Townshend, who, uh, I guess, lived near Raynham Hall. Fun fact, Charles has also been known as Turnip Townshend uh, because he brought turnips to England and was involved in their, like, crop rotation. How or, fun like, for him. Helped introduce them into crop rotation. So they, Charles and Dorothy, ended up getting married, but there's really, it's unsure how they ended up married. It feels like there's a different story uh, or a different um, a different version, depending on wherever you look. Uh, one of them was that they that Charles actually lived with the family since he was a kid, and there was like a twelve year gap. So she was a literal baby, and he was like a preteen. Cool, cool, cool. And over time, as they got older, when Dorothy was at the ripe age of fifteen, and he was twenty seven, they got married. Basically, um, that's one version. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm. I will say it was like the 1600s, so I don't know historically if that was less disgusting. I mean, it's not <laughs> the first 15-year-old we've seen get married on this show, so. Fair. Very fair. Uh, the Another version is that they had an arranged marriage, even though Dorothy was repulsed by him. Oh, okay. Well, that was somehow worse, even though the other one's a child. Yep. I don't know. Yep. Both of them technically are child, I guess, if it's an arranged marriage. Or no, that's not true. There's still young adults who get arranged marriages. I just, in my head, it sounds like like the father demanded this, even though she didn't want to do it. So, well, that could I, be, but like maybe he's the with an older man. I feel like that used to happen with like true yeah. small girls, <laughs> like they marry them off to their like friends and business partners and shit. So sick. Okay, 
So, and then uh, the third one, the third version is that they liked each other, but I guess the families didn't approve originally. I'm so going with of... this version. It's just the least upsetting to me. Uh-huh. They went off on their merry ways and had their own lives and then ended up getting back together. How so cute. Charles... In this in this story, Charles married a woman named Elizabeth. They had like a shitload of children, and Dorothy ends up apparently because she just lost her mind uh, over the heartbreak of losing Charles. She had some really scandalous behavior during those years. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was that she hooked up with this guy named Lord Wharton. Oh, who, <laughs> and Lord Wharton apparently is a real pistol. Um, his son created, was one of the original founders of the Hellfire Clubs, which I don't know oh. if you know what those are. I actually have thought about covering them because they're kind of spooky adjacent. Yeah. But it's basically like, I would imagine some version of like Bohemian Grove where it was right. like a uh, high society, but nefarious secret club. <laughs> and that his son created those. So, but Lord Wharton himself was said, according to, I think this was Steampunk Journal, they said that Lord Wharton once, like, drunkenly broke into a church and defecated everywhere. Um, he <laughs> okay. apparently gave his wife syphilis from all of his affairs. Oh, shit. Um, and the, uh, basically when his wife died, then he got back together with Dorothy. Uh, so, Or Charles got back together with Dorothy after her time with Lord Wharton and you know running around town being crazy wow so when charles and dorothy finally got together whatever the version of the story you want to pay attention to is they had based on different accounts they had seven to eleven kids all of that is our big numbers by the way so (laughs) even seven kids is too much for me yeah but they had seven to eleven and fun fact the youngest was born at windsor castle oh cool and they needed to borrow a royal crib or a cradle. To... <laughs> yeah, me <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, let's just go to Windsor Castle when your water's about to break and yep. just be like, oh, no, I need a I need a, a royal crib. I'm just going to eat a lot of jalapenos on the floor of this castle and then <laughs> see what happens. Please prepare a crib. <laughs> <laughs> and then put on this creepy coat. You'll understand. <laughs> so eventually the couple started fighting. There are a lot of rumors that Charles' reputation is that he was actually trash. He was had a real anger issue. He mm. apparently was uh, an advocate for violence. Oh, that's um, fun. And so the running theory or the running alleged story is that eventually to really get back at Dorothy, he sent his their kids to live somewhere else so she had no access to them and then locked her away in Raynham Hall. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, where she died at 40. So oh, she didn't geez. live a, a super long, maybe back then it was a super long life, but by 40, she was gone. And uh, one article from the lineup says that Charles actually probably, after locking her away, held a mock funeral so people wouldn't come looking for her, <gasps> thinking she had already died. Oh, and my then, God. And then over time, she actually died in the hall from either, depending on different sources, uh, malnourishment literal murder or most frequently they say smallpox oh and not syphilis that wasn't an option because that was my guess it is apparently not confirmed whether or not she got syphilis from lord wharton got it but, i just figure with a guy named lord wharton who's spreading stds around like everyone's <laughs> bound to get it i i there's got to be a joke in there somewhere about lord genital wartson yeah, or exactly. something you know uh but anyway so 
it's un- unclear if she ever contracted anything from him. Okay. But they're saying she probably died from smallpox, but there is also, you know, they assume if he, if her abusive husband was locking her away, he could have just not fed her or killed her. Great, great, great. So um, there, although he, Charles is said to have this violent temper and been the reason for Dorothy's death, the current people to be, li- or the current uh, townshens to be living at Raynham Hall, uh, they said, quote, People said that Dorothy was locked away and badly treated, but in the 1960s, we uncovered paperwork and medical reports suggesting she had a happy life and was much loved. So they say that that's all a story. I'm sure there's other people who say that could have been planted or whatever. Sure, like forged. Yeah. So who's to say, but there are two sides to every story. And fun fact, one of the Townshend descendants, so one of the more recent ancestors or two... To, uh, to Dorothy and Charles. His name is Senzo, mm-hmm. and he is one of the audio engineers and producers who has worked with Florence and the Machine, Snow hey. Patrol, U2, and the Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. Casual. <laughs> Jesus. NBD. Um, NBD. I like how Snow Patrol is in there with like the Rolling Stones. No offense, Snow Patrol, but it's like, wow, what a different era there of music. Is, <laughs> there is a range, yeah. <laughs> There's, I don't know. Maybe he was starting with Snow Patrol and like worked his way up to Rolling Stones. Maybe he started at Rolling Stones because of nepotism and now he's like really humbling himself and like kind of like actually working with like bands he respects instead versus like the flight, the fame, you know? Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Snow Patrol, I always can conf- I always um who do I always confuse them with? Something corporate. I al- oh. do, you, do you remember something corporate? <laughs> yeah, of course. Every every time I think of Snow Patrol or something corporate, I play the opposite songs. Oh in my really? Head. Yeah. So what's Snow Patrol is Hey There Delilah, right? Or no, that's plain white no, tees. That's a plain Damn white tees. Uh, something, I only, something corporate was one of my favorite if bands. If I lay here, that's Snow Patrol. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, and something it's corporate is Chasing the- Chasing cars. Sorry. Is, is, uh, something corporate is the predecessor to Jack's mannequin. Yes. Yes. So, so anyway, sorry to Warped Andrew- Tour Mc- 2004. 2007 2010 baby sorry my jack's bad. mannequin was always there uh anyway sorry to andrew mcmahon if you're listening to this and i said that they were humbling you yeah uh, ouch geez. sorry sorry you were one of my favorites to be clear i watched you dance on a piano many years in a row um okay so anyway so that's just like a random fun fact about their descendants but basically all that to say dorothy is the brown lady of raymond hall okay so in 1835, so this is like 200 years after she was born, and she died in 1726, I think, 17... Okay, so like a little over 100 years later. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, about 111, 110 years. There was a Christmas party at Raymond Hall, and two guests, Lucia Stone and Colonel Loftus, it's all they all sound like board game characters it's literally clue like i was just thinking the same thing like colonel okay it was the colonel and colonel mustard so they were both at a christmas dinner party in 1835 they were walking around and they saw in a corridor there was this a shadow of a woman uh, in an outdated brown dress and they were they like making fun of her like oh what a fucking old school ew she came to this party wearing that are you from the thrift store yeah who do you think you are Uh, what was goodwill in 1835 like christine i gotta know the petticoats were for 25 cents a piece um so they saw her in a corridor corridor 
and uh, she was in an outdated brown dress, and they originally thought she was another guest at the party, but they remember seeing this woman in a brown dress who they didn't see anywhere else that night. But they saw her again the following night, which makes me think this Christmas dinner party lasted like 24 hours. Mm, Shit. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe it's one of those where like people come and stay at the castle and they have like a fun little like weekend. As if I know anything about that. I'm like, you know how they do that at castles. When there weren't cars and highways, like I feel like if you were going to come somewhere to like Raymond Hall, like you're going to stay for a few days, right? Right. Because you have to take all your stuff and your, listen, I watched Down Abbey and Game of Thrones. You have to take all your stuff without wheels on the boxes that hold your stuff. Are you kidding me? Like, can you imagine? Oh, jeez. Can you remember the, Christine, can you remember, uh, can you remember, can you imagine living in a time where you're going somewhere and when you go somewhere, you go for weeks and you have to pack weeks worth of shit because there aren't also like washers and dryers like right 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 you right. have to pack stuff and like now petticoats the- and shit petticoats for if you're like me and you pack like 30 pairs of underwear for a weekend because you're afraid you're gonna like get all over yourself at some point oh uh do you not do that i literally went to the bahamas and i packed like 40 pairs of underwear because i'm I was terrible like, at packing what it's if not- i have explosive diarrhea like what happens you never know Imagine bringing 40 pairs of underwear because you're literally going to be there for 40 days, which means 100 pairs of underwear, by the way. Uh, Did they wear underwear? I was going to say, I don't think it was the same where you just had like 40 pairs of underwear laying around. I think they had like fancy, you know, frilly layers and shit. You're bringing like five times more than you currently do. And also your suitcase doesn't have fucking wheels. And also you have to ride a horse all the way there. Okay, but listen, they had servants and shit who carried it, right? Like it wasn't like, oh, I have all these petticoats. I have to carry them like. Okay, they had true. they had these poor people who had to carry them for them. You have a point. I really also did uh, just completely tangent off. Sorry about that, everyone. No, no, but you're right. Scar- Wheels are a great invention. <laughs> Wheeled luggage is a great invention. <laughs> I really complain about like having to unpack my one suitcase I brought. And oh, same. Can you imagine like your whole job is now to unpack like ten trunks of shit? <sighs> and carry them only- like there's no elevators. BTW. <gasps> I didn't even think about that. Or air conditioning. I mean, you would not survive. Oh, you would not survive. Look, I totally believe in reincarnation, but I'm pretty sure that, like, I took one life in a world where there wasn't air conditioning, and I said, I'm hanging out in purgatory for another 300 years. Like, literally send me to hell. Oh, wait, I'm here. I'll go back. I'll go back (laughs) when there's some AC invented. Maybe I was the inventor of AC because I was like. It's entirely like you probably invented the refrigerator or something because it would match. Thank you. It would match. I mean, it's it's air conditioning for your food. Those are my two favorite things. That's right. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, okay, so they're at a party. Uh, they think they see someone, and then the following night, aha, uh-huh, that's where we left off. Sure, the sure, following sure. night, Ca- Colonel Loftus he sees this woman again, but <gasps> this time with quote luminescent skin and empty eye sockets. Oh no, no, no. So different sources told me different things. It was clearly just lost in translation, which means I don't know which one to believe. (laughs) But people say that her eye sockets were, quote, dark in her glowing face, as in like her face was glowing (sighs) and the the holes where her eyes should be were not glowing. Or I saw on another website that only her eye sockets were glowing. Uh, Both so bad. I don't know which one I want more or less. Both um, include eye sockets, which I'm not interested in. I would like nothing to do with anybody's eye sockets. Thank I you. I think I want the dark eye sockets because at least that means like they're not enhanced and therefore probably the oh. thing it also wants me to focus on. Um, I'm oh. going to roll with the fact that her face 
Because two different sources said luminescent skin and empty eye sockets and dark in her glowing face. So it sounds like those make more, those are yeah, the same Yeah, like thing. she's glowing, but she doesn't have eyes, sort of. There you have it. Yeah, okay. okay. So that's what we're going to roll with. Super duper. And uh, I would like a source where it says she has eyes, but I, I don't get that. that. Is that not an option? <laughs> okay, got it. Apparently, after Colonel Loftus saw this apparition, that was the beginning of this building also experiencing doors opening and closing and seeing shadows. Apparently, at one point, um, like animals would freak out just because they didn't know what was going on or they would see something. So it's interesting that like it took 200 years for someone's ghost yeah. to like kick in because you would think by 200 years, they've almost like hit their quota and their time well, to like, like head 100, off. right? I mean, not that it matters, but. Oh, yes. A hundred. But yeah, like I, still, Yeah. That's I weird. wouldn't. I if I were to die right now, I wouldn't wait until twenty one twenty one. No, you would like wait four seconds and show up at my house. Yeah, I you know. would know before I hit the floor because you'd get <laughs> smacked in the Stop. face by something that didn't. My ex- refrigerator would open, and I'd be like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> Your air happened. conditioning would go to like the the snowflake <laughs> symbol. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. You know, when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind, especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. 
but no, I so I think it's interesting that apparently Yeah, what a patient ghost. That's not me. That's not either of us. At all. Like mm-hmm. maybe she just had shit to do and she got bored in heaven and was like, Okay, I guess I'm going back down. Yeah, or maybe time. they she had to wait for somebody specific to like be able to like see her and it, only this colonel mm. dude had the, the sight. chosen one. The, the chosen, chosen one. one. <laughs> the last thing we need is someone named Colonel Loftus I, thinking that they're the chosen million one. Million percent. I had the same thought. Or maybe people were just like ignoring ghosts until the 1830s maybe they just thought she was like yeah roaming around and uh maybe she's she's around this whole time yeah it's me a hundred years what's going on can anyone say something do i have to take my eyes out for anybody to notice me (laughs) yo apparently (laughs) apparently she she said bet i'll do it it worked (laughs) so um a year later she was seen again by captain frederick marriott uh, who was friends with Charles Dickens, by the way. Oh. And he heard about this alleged ghost and intentionally went to Raynham Hall to investigate in the 1830s. So Love think it. of him as Zach Bagans. Yes, I do. He apparently was a skeptic, but to make sure that he could see something, he stayed in the room where Colonel Loftus said he saw her. Um, and he didn't witness anything until the third night. <gasps> So while him and two other people in the room were hanging out, or I think they were walking up to their, I think, I don't know what they were doing, I guess walking up and down the halls or heading to their bedrooms, they saw this woman crying and approaching them. (laughs) And they thought it was one of the women that came with them or one of the uh, employees, like walking towards the nurseries. And uh, Marriott tried to hide himself because he thought this was a real woman and he apparently was in like basically a, a pajamas like basically Skivvies. half nude yeah and uh so for modesty he tried to hide himself from he, like, the woman behind a curtain in his he hid behind his bedroom underwear. door behind, oh my behind God. A, a bedroom door and like his like boxers i guess I love uh, that. and those weird little sock suspenders oh for sure for sure and so they, all three of them hid behind a door, which I think is like <laughs> low-key queer baiting, and I'm here for it. Um, oh, my God. And the woman still kept getting closer and closer. But as she got closer, Marriott realized that he recognized her because she had a portrait of – there was a portrait <gasps> of her in his room. Oh. oh. oh and dear. so then he realized, oh, you're a ghost. And so uh, he drew his gun. Out of his underwear. Okay. A- out of his – out of his skivvies uh-huh. pointed it at an already dead person and then asked what she was doing there and apparently dorothy stopped in her tracks and held a light up to her face which i did not know she had a light to begin ah! with uh she's like conjured a candle i guess ah! and she quote grinned in a malicious and diabolical manner oh, at him no 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 AKA she probably smiled or wasn't interested in him because she was literally held at gunpoint and he got offended. And I'm assuming he just said she had a diabolical, malicious intent. And it's okay, like, but any ghost that smiles at me, I'm going to be like, that's fucking diabolical. I don't have any interest in this. This is not like <laughs> okay, a kind, okay. spirited smile from a that's, dead ghost. That's fair. I guess Ugh. I've had a ghost smile at me before. Ew. And I, it was my grandpa. So oh, I just assume. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> just kidding. I that's assume different. like. That's different. I assumed the vibe was that it, it was actually probably, like, pretty neutral, and he just got, like, freaked out and, like, made the story scarier. But you know what? For all we know, she literally doesn't have eyes. Maybe okay, it is pretty diabolical. Okay, but also it sounds so creepy that she was crying and then she just stopped and smiled. Like, something about that sounds very sinister, you know? You've completely converted me to, to your but side. But also, how is she story. crying without eyes? Okay, whatever. I you can have questions. tear ducts and no eyeballs, right? <gasps> oh, can you? Right? I guess. Doctors, are you there? Can you let Hello? us know? 
Are you an eye doctor? Please let Finally me know. Finally, put your medical degree to use and answer this question for yeah. us. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, crying. And then also, this feels like a different person, though, because you're cry- Yeah, maybe they have eyeballs. Also, the face isn't glowing. I don't hear anything about a glowing face. Also, where did this light source come from? Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. It's a little different MO here. Maybe she's a she's like, okay, finally people are seeing me. I really have to try out all my acts. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been practicing. Anyway, grinned diabolically, and now I'm on your side, and it was 100% malicious. <laughs> um, this freaked him out so badly that he ran into the hall and shot at her, but before oh. the bullet hit her, she faded away. And oh, the geez. bullet is still said to be wedged in the corridor's panels. Today. That's actually really cool. Like, not that's the shooting fun. part, but the fact that the bullet was still there, that's pretty cool. And that it was shot at a ghost. So, like, we know nobody yeah. was going to get hurt also. Totally. Uh, a bullet I can get behind for sure. <laughs> Finally. Um, <laughs> so Dorothy was not seen again until George the Fourth stayed at Raynham Hall. I didn't see a year for this. Um, but George the Fourth stayed there and said that she was a pale woman with messy hair. She dressed in brown. Did not, wasn't like the most like uh, polite, comp- uh, polite description no. of her. Um, and he said about the experience, quote, I will not pass another hour in this cursed house, for I have seen what I hope to God I may never see again. Oh, shit. Okay. Like, girl, she's not that ugly. Jeez. Like, give it a rest. So uh, next time she was seen was 100 years later at another Christmas party. She loves she Christmas parties. She just wants parties. to party, man. She, look, it gets chilly out. She smells like gingerbread in the air. She's ready to throw down. Oh, hell yeah. Remember in one of those versions, she was like having some scandalous behavior at one point in her life. She knows how to like have a good time. She knows how to get down for sure with some eggnog. And apparently she was seen and given the same description that Colonel Loftus had once given that she was in a brown dress. Uh, She was wearing a cap this time. She had empty eye sockets. And although nobody else saw her that night, many employees quit after hearing the story, which fair i get it (laughs) and one person was so rattled uh by this story and that was the property owner who had actually seen her before but thought that he was just seeing things and finally someone else said no i just saw that woman and it confirmed for him oh there's a ghost (sighs) so the property owner wanted to get it checked out but the police never found anything i mean who else would you call i guess he called the police and they were like well if it's a ghost i can't help you (laughs) And some kids have also claimed to see uh, this apparition on the stairs. Uh, another one of the descendants of the Townsends or Townshens, uh, her name was Gladys. And in the 1930s, she says that her son and her son's friend saw the ghost on the stairs and they could see the stairs through her. Um, and people, so apparently this isn't the only ghost at Raynham Hall, but this is just the most popular one. There are also the spirits of two children. There's a spirit of a dog that you can hear running around and Charles' son, Charles II, a.k.a. the Red Cavalier. And he has been seen in his old bedroom and apparently he's very handsome and uh, we are all the same people just living in different time periods because apparently he was so good looking that a bunch of women intentionally stayed in this haunted house in his room hoping to like, oh, hell yeah, get a sighting of him. <laughs> um, interestingly, any of the women who were known as like the hotties of the time, they never encountered him. But the only uh, story we have of him actually coming forward to a woman staying in his room was a spinster. Oh, hell yeah. He's like, I have my type. Don't and judge. He, he smiled and bowed and faded away. What a gentleman. What a gentleman. 
So anyway, that is the the people who have seen this ghost. But what the brown lady of Random Hall is best known for is there's this really popular... I'm going to get my phone and... Oh, oh, I, I can text it to you on my phone. Okay. My, inter- my internet is still a little wild. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm going to send you the picture because I'm sure you've seen it before. Okay. Brown lady of Random Hall ghost. So this has become like a really famous picture of mm-hmm. like what it's on covers of a lot of uh ghost books it's i don't know i feel like you've probably seen it at least on a poster or it's some sort of like compilation of ghost pictures i just sent it to you i don't know i i feel like you'll you'll have seen it or at least something similar oh. to it oh ooh. so it's like an actual i thought it was gonna be like a drawing but it's like an actual photograph yeah so this is like one of the most pop one of the most famous ghost images out there okay well if you're on the youtube um since i don't have editing software i can't really add it but i'll show you on my phone there it is cool I have blur Yours on my Yours isn't working because your blur is on. That's <laughs> it's okay. A, I it's a blur of a blur. Um, <laughs> but yeah, That's so creepy. it's one of the more popular like ghost pictures out there. And it's like, basically, it looks like a, a shrouded woman walking down the stairs, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was taken in the 30s. And there was this person named, I think, I don't know if it's Indra, Indra or Andra or Andre, I N D R E, and some sources also said I N D R A. Oh, it's probably just Indra. Indra, okay. Uh, so Indra Shira. So I, I mentioned earlier Gladys Townsend talking about how her son and his friends saw something on the stairs. Mm-hmm. So that was in uh, that was a story written up by Gladys in true ghost stories and so indra shira is this person who read that article and asked gladys hey could i come take pictures and visit the area i am trying to do an article for country life which i think was a magazine at the time so indra shira came with his friend boss art director lover person maybe I'm I'm unsure. Maybe just trying to spice things up over here. I look. I'm always here for the potentially <laughs> queer elements of a story. Uh, so Indra Shira came with his friend named Captain Provand. Oh hell yeah! This guy's gonna uh, see a ghost for sure. His name's Captain <laughs> Provand. Like he's already primed for this material. He shot pictures. They shot pictures all day. Um, like eight hours of shooting pictures together in this building and they never got anything until all of a sudden Indra Shira claims that there was a mist he saw really quickly on the stairs <gasps> and he's like quick quick take a picture take a picture and so they got a picture of the stairs and that is the picture that came up oh wow okay so they got some good material out of that mm-hmm. Wow. but they were even joking that they probably saw nothing you know like it was just such a quick flash of a moment that how you know even by the time they registered they'd seen something and then taken a picture nothing would come up and yet that image still showed up so fun fact apparently the flash or the shutter speed i don't know how cameras work especially in the 1930s but apparently the flash the the bulb on this camera only went off at 1 50th of a second so that's how long it could have taken for this picture to get they're thinking that this spirit was only there for one fiftieth of a second, and they, by complete luck, got a picture of this thing existing Before in that it one vanished. moment. Ooh, which is also really 
interesting though as from a skeptical perspective of like it was only there for a 50th of a second but you were able to see it grab your picture like grab your camera yeah. you know so yeah anyway or maybe you you could sense it but not see it and then the camera only picked it up so or maybe it was there for like a second and since the camera takes a 50th of a second it just happened to be within that se- i don't know i feel like maybe it was there longer and they just happened to capture it during that time i don't know yeah i don't know all i know is i felt the need to let everyone know that the bulb moved out of 50th of a second i appreciate so. the news the update thank you i don't know what it does but if you're someone into photography let me know if that was special to you <laughs> if that was special <laughs> <laughs> so when they were later when they were later looking through the photos and they saw this thing they consulted with chemists about it to make sure like the photography science oh. of it was accurate and they also had um they had them watch them develop the photo again just so, like, you could right. – To guarantee that, like, they weren't doing anything. Or so they claim. The picture went into Country Life magazine as well as Life magazine in the U.S. Nice. Uh, and the picture really blew up. Although it should be noted that it is called the Raynham Ghost, not the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. Okay. So sometimes people will say, oh, that's a different ghost. Oh, uh, they boy. don't – they don't know what it is, but it's not referred to as the brown lady of random gross, which like you can't tell if it's a lady in brown anyway. So, right. But the pick got really popular. The pick. The pick got really popular. You can tell how I write my notes. Yep. The picture got really popular and the SPR came to investigate. Hey. Um, and they this, by the way, is still considered one of their most flawed investigations because oh. apparently it's just like they did not, uh, I guess they didn't do it as scientifically as they should have or whatever the case may be but anytime i guess the spr has mentioned this case they're like not one of our proudest moments we did not handle it well so Uh there you have that and a bunch of parapsychologists are also started coming in because they wanted to do their own investigations and one of them was dr nandor fodor who I eventually want to cover because he's kind of like a harry price uh situation where he know that name i don't know why though He's been a part of a lot of cases. You might, okay. I might have mentioned him in the past, and it's kind Perhaps. of creeping up on you. But so I want to cover him. He he was a part of this uh, investigation. He actually also, I wanted to say fun fact because you are preggers, mm-hmm. that he believed that pregnant people could telepathically communicate with their babies. So oh, that's fun. Give it a shot. Let I'll me try. Know if the doc is correct. <laughs> um, so he came to Random Hall in 1937, and he was hoping to get a picture just like Indre Shiraz, um, because he thought that the picture had been faked for fame. And so he wanted to try to replicate it to prove that there was anything even there. Also, because we're talking about the SPR, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle had something to say. He said this picture, quote, was caused by not properly cleaning the reusable glass plates used to produce the negatives. Mm. So it was basically some sort of issue, like a double exposure issue or something with cam- with the camera. Which is interesting because he was such a devout spiritualist. So for him yeah. to be saying, oh, it was just a camera issue. Also, like, you wouldn't know that really, right? Unless you actually see the camera equipment and you're like, oh, they didn't clean it properly. Like, how would right. you even make that call? Right. And also... Uh, this was the 1930s. That was like the second wave of spiritualism coming through. Mm-hmm. And this was a really popular time for spirit photography where a bunch of fraudulent people were fucking with cameras to take creepy pictures right. to prove that something was there. So I don't know. It was just a, a big time for shit like this to be going on. Maybe he thought he knew what he was looking at. Maybe it is legitimate. I mean, they do say that like 
oh, we had chemists watch how we developed the negative. And it's like, I don't know under what scientific circumstances or conditions you had. Like, were the chemists your friends that could, like, vouch for you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or did you do this with, like, the SPR in a lab and they can confirm that, yeah, right. you did? Like, there's no solid evidence going either way. So everyone's just kind of making up their own opinions. <laughs> um, again, also, this was one of the SPR's most flawed investigations. So even if they told us what lab conditions they did this under, it probably wasn't accurate. They would right. have to redo it. So many people thought that this picture also, maybe that's why they called it the Raynham ghost versus the brown lady at Raynham Hall. A lot of people said that's also not Dorothy. Based on the eyewitness accounts we've gotten, that does not look like Dorothy. Um, if anything, if you look at the picture, it looks like the Virgin Mary. Which, oh. uh, because I guess her clothing, her covered head. Yeah, I mean, she has like a ve- like a covered veil on, I guess. Well, a lot of skeptics say that if this was a double exposure or some sort of intentional <gasps> oh. spear photography... Uh, they would have used like a statue, which was super accessible. You could grab a statue of Virgin Mary almost just anywhere, at, like on any street corner, just like yeah. at the Goodwill, obviously <laughs> in the 1800s. Uh, here's here's actually a quote. This is uh, from an article called "The Brown Lady of Raynham Hall: Reexamination of a Classic Ghost Photograph and a Possible Explanation" in 2009. In this scenario, Pro- Captain Provan would take the photograph of the staircase, then back in the studio, place a statue in front of a black velvet background with an even light source to reduce the modeling, an overexposed photograph would be taken of the statue. So it would be a picture of Mm. the stairs, then an overexposed picture of the nothing but the statue, uh, leaving little detail but mainly a bright shape. This would produce a negative that was mainly white with the darker shape on top. And basically when the photos have, any photos that have been used when trying this method to replicate the ghost image, they were pretty spot on. And Mm. it does look like a statue that was pretty easy to find. So they think it was just... I could see that. Photo trickery. So remember that the ghost picture was taken right after, again, the second wave of spiritualism. There were frauds all over the place. Indra, Shira could have been one. There were also magicians at the time who tried to to replicate the picture and were successful with it. And what's interesting, though, is that Harry Price himself also said that this picture was legitimate. So he's on camp. This isn't spirit photography. Oh, okay. But it's such a, it doesn't, it just sounds like, I feel like I've been with these, like, characters for so long. I, I feel like I know them at this point, which is insane. But I feel like Harry Price would usually be like, yeah, this could go either way. And Sir Arthur Conan Doyle would say, that's definitely a ghost. 100%, yeah. But Harry Price is like, this is definitely a ghost. And Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is like, that was fake. Really odd. Feel right. So I don't know what was going on that year, but people were (laughs) not. On top of it. Bizarre. If it was real, many people say that it wasn't Dorothy, again, because it looked nothing like the Dorothy we've seen. She wasn't wearing brown. She didn't. She had eyes, maybe. Um, (laughs) She also never appeared as a white mist to anybody. So they're thinking this might just be a different ghost from the building. Um, The SPR, though, another reason why they think that this isn't legit is because Indra Shira, they found out, was a fake name. And in one of their uh, articles, they said, quote, both Indra Shira and Captain Provan were aliases. I know their real names. And then they didn't exactly say who it was, but they said that Indra Shira had a wife whose stage name was Madam Indra Shira. Um, And she Uh was also like a performing medium of the time. Oh. So 
didn't say exactly who it was, but did say, like, we know who this could have been. And the ghost is still haunts Raynham Hall. Apparently, there are still whispers and sounds of clothing shifting around or being swishing when you walk by. Apparently, heavy chairs will move on their own or rearrange themselves. And the current people living there have said she isn't there to haunt the house, but she is there. We're glad she's around. Oh, so, that's nice. That's the brown lady of Raymond. Oh, Hall. wow. So even if that photo is fake, then I mean, still, it sounds like something's still going on there. Yeah, I feel like it's such a it was such a weird. Uh, usually I feel like I do a much better job of like explaining all of the different sides. But there was like. Of like to you know whether or not this photo is legit, but there was no lab conditions I could find. Yeah, I it mean, was just a bunch of people giving different opinions. So, and it's hard with photography because like yeah, you could fake it probably pretty easily, but like how do you prove that it's it's like I don't, I don't know I don't know. At don't some know. point, I think I'm gonna do it an episode just on spirit photography and like that how, would be cool. So anyway, ooh, that would be cool. You, you could find some that like people can't disprove. That's. Bingo. Ooh, interesting, Bingo. interesting, interesting. Anyway, so that that is uh, a lot of arguments on the famous picture from that house, a little history on Dorothy, maybe a fun fact or two about something corporate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we like to spice things up. Um, we never stay in one decade or one century. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, um, um, I have a story for you that's just deeply upsetting, and I'm so sorry. Every time, Christine. I'm sorry. One day, can, maybe you know what we, we should do where like every like blue moon, uh, you do a crime that's like actually a very like a precious crime. Like a like a dog ate, like went up to a picnic Too and stole their butter. chicken. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like something precious or like a crime on like a Nick Jr. show where like Swiper like came oh. through and like finally robbed Dora for once I and mean, for I all. I mean, I did that with the Grinch, right? Like it wasn't even real. It was pretty fun, though. So, like, if you ever come up with another one, I'm telling you I would, like, totally be down with it. So Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, noted. Duly noted. Um, but not today. <laughs> so- <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> My bad. Um, also, at some point, if I just, like, aggressively pause the recording, which I realize I can do, um, it's because my cats and dog are all staring at me and it's almost their dinner time and I'm going to just try to mm. ignore them. But if they if they start getting too loud, I might have to just run and it sounds like uh, that's fine i thought it sounded to me like something more um diabolical and malicious Uh because like i just have a council of animals staring at me they do that a lot it's definitely sinister in its own way but it's mostly (laughs) it's mostly about food so it's not really ghostly to be fair i would be the fourth sitting on the floor staring at you waiting for food so (laughs) yeah yeah, i've experienced it enough in my lifetime around you so (laughs) i'm used to it we went to Starbucks. I think about this so, all the time. When we went to Starbucks and then we didn't get the orders we wanted, but because we had social anxiety, we drank them anyway. And then we went to Starbucks a second time that day. <gasps> we went to a different Starbucks. <laughs> it was so fun. I had like five Starbucks that day because we went they to, kept like, getting our orders wrong. <laughs> Starbucks. What was that? That was a lot. And we were supposed to be recording and we just like kept driving to different oh, yeah. Starbucks. We were wow. like eight hours late to recording. And then we were like, how did we get in this situation? And we were surrounded by empty Starbucks cups. What a mess. Yeah. And we were like over caffeinated and twitching. Yeah. That was a wild day. Uh, <laughs> that's anyway, the best thing ever. Like, it's okay. We'll just drink it anyway. It's such a small thing. And we've done so many more like 
memorable things together. But whenever I think of like a quick, fun story about you, I always immediately think of the, that Starbucks day. I love that day. Fun. And also the day that our uh, Postmates like or Uber Eats or something didn't show up. So Allison and Eva went on like a mission to go find. Like the, literally got in the down. car and chased the car down. <laughs> like took my phone with the GPS and like went and found him on some street corner. Yeah. Uh, and we just sat at home waiting yeah. for our food. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, okay. Well, on that positive note, I here's know. a horrible, horrible tale. Um, mm-hmm. This is the story of Shanda Sharer. And I just want to warn everybody that this one is pretty dark and pretty heavy. I mean, they, you know, they all tend to be, but this one is violence toward a child. So if that's something oh. you're like, nope, uh, I don't blame you for dipping. Okay. So if you need to leave, feel free, but just go buy a ticket to our live show because we're going to talk about it at the end of the episode again. Not so. that, not that this, <laughs> well, not that this makes it a better or worse or more palatable story, but is there consistent violence to a child or is there only one moment we can trigger warning and have them skip 30 seconds through? Um, It's consistent, isn't it? Just, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to make a call of when it's bad and when it's just, it's just bad. It's just very okay. a, ba- a very bad story. And the okay. whole, basically the whole, it's just bad. Can we do an additional trigger warning right before? Uh, I mean, you'll know it? when it's happening. It's not uh, like a very sudden, like okay, everything was great until one day. Okay, um, it. it's just bad, and you a lot of people you. know it. It's a very famous story, so a lot of people probably already know the story. Um, I'd heard of it before, so if if you know it, you know what's coming. If not, just be forewarned. It's pretty brutal, and it's about a child. So great. here we go. Um, there's M with their toilet. Is that a toilet paper? Roll? It's toilet paper. <laughs> I first of all wherever you are to the person who sat next to me on the plane coming home for oh, seven no. hours and I was at I was on my worst day you know how when you're sick you have like the worst the, fucking the pinnacle day? of it yeah that was the day I had to be on a plane for seven hours and like Yikes. all the pressure of being in the plane like my ears were popping my nose was like exploding it was disgusting and I had zero shame because I was at the runny nose stage where I had to blow my nose every four minutes. Ugh. And I had I stole from the airport one of those like big industrial toilet paper rolls. Like oh, that- M. I just shoved it in my backpack and I just spent the entire I just kept pulling new pieces of toilet paper out every five minutes. This is why nose. I'm like, I'm gonna wear a mask forever. I don't think mm-hmm. I ever want to go back to life without um without it. It's really it was not good. And I don't blame if that person probably cursed the day I was born. I, I totally get it. So You're like, yeah, shout too. out to whoever you were. I wish I didn't have to sit next to you. I'm sorry. Um, yikes. Well, hopefully they are okay. Um, and hopefully Healthy. you are okay. We'll see. So, okay. We're going back to 1991, the year of our Lord and Savior, the Christine mm. Chapel. Um, <laughs> and we have 12-year-old Shanda Sharer, and she had just started attending Hazelwood Middle School in New Albany, Indiana. So, according to All That's Interesting, which is one of my favorite websites, mm. uh, she was a bubbly 12-year-old and was, by all accounts, a normal girl who made friends easily and had fun at school dances. So, just a normal, happy kid. Ugh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. just know it's going to get bad. Yeah, it is. Uh, Shanda Renee Scherer, she was born June 6, 1979 in Pineville, Kentucky. And when she was really young, her parents divorced. Their names were Stephen Scherer and Jackie Vaught. And uh, Shanda and her mom, Jackie, were really, really close. And so were Shanda and her dad. But Shanda lived with her mom for the most part. 
1991 when Shanda and Jackie decided to move from Kentucky to Indiana to be closer to Shanda's dad and Mm. uh, her stepmother. So as part of the move, Shanda had transferred to Hazelwood Middle School, and it was kind of a rough transition. So toward the beginning of the academic year, Jackie got a call from the school uh, saying Shanda is in detention for the whole week. Oh, And Jackie's like, that's weird. Like, she's not really the type to get in detention. But turns out that um, when she came home, Shanda was covered in bruises and explained (gasps) that she had gotten into a fist fight (laughs) at school. Okay. And what happened was Shanda had gone, so she had a a new friend at school and the friend was like, I want to break up with my boyfriend and I want to return his ring to him. And so Shanda said, oh, I'll return it for you. So she goes up to the boy, Nathan, and says like, you know, so-and-so wants to break up with you. Here's your ring back. And the boyfriend is like, who the hell are you? Like, get this is none of your business. Like, he gets upset, basically like shoot the messenger, like, who are you, you know? handing my ring back to me from my girlfriend so he gets upset and then um there's kind of this like brief like back and forth and then this girl walks up and her name is amanda heverin and she says to shanda back off and leave nathan alone because he's my cousin and like basically backs up nathan and there's this youtuber named stephanie harlow who does a four-part like deep dive into this case And I'm just going to quote her to explain what happened. So Amanda then chest bumped Shanda, wrestled her to the floor and began hitting her. A teacher finally intervened and sent them both to the teacher's office where they were both reprimanded with a week of detention. Oh, okay. So that's how she started off the school year. It was like the third day of school. Um, And that's how things are going. So bad omen. Um, But instead of them becoming enemies, they're both in detention and they kind of laugh off their, you know, rocky start uh and become friends okay this is a twist this is i will tell you the story is full of twists and turns you have no idea what's coming (laughs) this is very degrassi so far i know i'm not gonna say that by the end of this but like currently grassy like if from hell uh by the end i mean it's very degrassi that like you would hate each other in the first half of the episode but after a fight and into tension you 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 bond together in conflict yeah you laugh about your differences and yeah. uh realize all along yeah mm-hmm. so they become it gets even more degrassi so they become <laughs> really close um they start spending all their time together and pretty soon jackie notices that shanda's not putting much effort into her schoolwork um she finds out that Amanda has been teaching Shanda how to forge her mother's signature on like progress reports. And so she's like uh, clearly a bad, Amanda's clearly a bad influence on her. Uh, And then quickly the two of them start exchanging love letters. (gasps) Okay. So far. Oh, don't get excited because again, this, so Amanda's like 15, 16 and Shanda's 12. Oh, and okay. it, it's a Got little it. bit, in my opinion, um, I feel like there's, when well, we'll get there. When you're 12 and 16, that's a big difference. That's, that's a big a, difference. That's a big age difference. When I was 12, talking to a 13 year old, like just saying hi in the halls would have to be a double dog dare. Like oh, a million percent. I'm not flirting with a 16 year old. Do I, who do I think I am? Okay. Yeah, exactly. I don't think and if I would I'm a even... 16 year old, not flirting with a 12 year old either by the fucking way. Like, yeah, I don't think I would have even known 
what was going on at 12, right. like that it would be a, a sexual thing or a romantic thing. It was so, just all rooted in fear. <laughs> there's a lot happening here. So it's not clear whether the romantic re- uh, feelings were reciprocated by Shanda, reciprocated by Shanda because mm. the letters that were, that we have, not we, but you know, that have been uh, accessed are basically mostly from Amanda to Shanda. And they, we have they showed examples of them. I watched a couple couple Discovery Plus shows. Um, there was one called like Deadly Women Thrill Kills or whatever. There's just like a lot of these, you know, mm-hmm. show, these kind of cliche <laughs> crime shows about this. Sure. But basically, they showed the letters. And for example, one of them said, I really like you. Do you like me? It would be cool if so. But there's not really much return from Shanda. It's mostly Amanda to Shanda, if that makes sense. Sure. Sure. So, or Shamanda. I don't know. There's, I feel like this is a perfect <laughs> couple name. It uh, would be scenario. a perfect, like, ce- like celebrity couple name. Yeah. A thousand percent. Shamanda. Yeah. I like Shamanda. it. Uh, so, anyway, it's worth remembering again that Shanda's 12 at this point. Amanda's like 15. Uh, and based on a letter Amanda sent Shanda, it seems like she had mixed feelings about this relationship. Uh, Amanda wrote, I had a really great time with you. So Amanda's the older one. Mm-hmm. She wrote, I had a really great time with you last night and I'm looking forward to more. Please don't cry anymore. Okay. <gasps> and uh, <laughs> Oh, I don't like what that means in my yeah, head. Yeah, it's bad. And Shanda replied, I loved last night too. I want more too and always. I want what we ha- had last night if you want. So Ooh. it's 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 a little bit like coercive. It seems a little coercive and I don't want to like blanket statement that but um from from the evidence I've seen it doesn't necessarily seem like they were both on the same level of like romantic sure. interest. Um Yeah, 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 yeah. It feels like one is definitely taking advantage of someone else because of their age or one f- feels obligated because they're younger too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, so her, so it turns out later that this had become a sexual relationship. And by October, it became pretty apparent to the student body that there was something happening between Shanda and Amanda. Shamanda, they were passing notes back and forth in class. They would like giggle a lot, spend a lot of time together. And um, while this may have been cute for them, um, it was not so cute for another student who was 16-year-old Melinda Lovelace, who happens to be Amanda's girlfriend <gasps> dun, dun, dun. talk about degrassi drama oh my gosh oh this is exactly like that season where Paige and alex were together okay whatever okay i've literally never watched degrassi so i have zero understanding of that show just Except- know that it, it was real juicy <laughs> i know drake drake was there i think um drake was there okay that's all i know uh so melinda with a fitting last name of Loveless, uh, Melinda Loveless mm-hmm. <laughs> saw this relationship was like, fuck that. I uh, was mm-hmm. not happy. And Melinda herself uh, basically is the last person you want to get on your bad side. She was known to get into fights regularly. Um, she had an extremely troubled home life. I'm going to get into that right now. So she was raised by her father, Larry, and mother, Marjorie. And Larry would often let his friends borrow his wife, Marjorie, <gasps> for sex. Uh, and forced marjorie to partake in orgies um he was a very 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 bad violent abusive man and he uh at one point like just as a fun example so larry loveless uh he was a vietnam vet he regularly went in and out of employment at one point he was a a postal worker for three months but then they found out he had never delivered any mail he would just sit at home and burn the mail instead of delivering what the fuck this guy is (laughs) off his rocker are you (laughs) like 
bonkers. Like, this guy has crackers. What is going on? Your mail. Oh my god, burning mail that isn't his. Like just burning bills, burning people's bills. I know that it's like a federal offense to open someone's mail. I don't even know what it would be to burn a bunch because, of people's mail because of people like him. There's a rule somewhere that says you cannot burn other people's yeah. mail. 100%. There has to be. Like, you can't burn the flag, and you also can't burn anybody's electric bills. Just, like, please follow the rules. Oh, God. Um, so he's just not a good guy. And according to Talk Murder With Me, which is a great blog, but also a podcast, um, they do a write-up on the case and say, any money he did earn went toward motorcycles and guns. He was violent, verbally abusive, a drunk, and a pervert. Larry violently raped Marjorie while their three daughters were in the home, mm. able to hear everything. He once beat Marjorie so badly she was hospitalized, and the abuse abuse drove marjorie to attempt suicide multiple times so this was the dynamic between uh uh melinda's parents so just she's have a, has a terrible home life um and is known for acting out at school and uh on top of all this her dad also sexually abused her and her siblings oh shit um, she had to share a bed with her dad until she was 14 oh my and god he molested his daughters and nieces when they were children and so in 1989, which is just a couple years before this, so when she was 14, uh, Marjorie and Larry divorced. He moved to Florida and obviously left Melinda in a state of, like, you know, trauma. And uh, she, like I said, acted out of school, struggled with depression. Mm. Um, and Melinda now is in this scenario and she's looking at Shamanda and going, oh, no. Yeah, oh, no, I, don't don't. So. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Jesus Christ. Okay. Apparently, they'd been dating for more than a year. So <gasps> they were literally in a in an actual relationship. Uh, and they oh, were the no. same age. And now there's this 12-year-old who shows up on the scene. And Amanda is clearly, like, into her. And Melinda is not happy. Oh, uh, imagine you're in high school. You finally, like, find someone. Also, like, lesbians, early mm-hmm. 90s. Like, 91. Hard to find hard to come by and now your girlfriend is cheating on you with a 12 year old yeah with a child a literal child i mean you know you're a technically a child but baby. with like a and by cheating i mean i don't know probably assaulting yeah like, i don't i don't want to blanket statement the r word because but it sounds like the 12 year old also didn't want this or didn't know what or was didn't like know. didn't totally understand it maybe, could not maybe. consent to be clear like I either way i think so i don't know how does it work with two minors like i don't know how that would work it's there's a certain age like once it hits a certain like if you're five years younger or something oh okay uh, something i don't know what it is and it's different for every state too so i'm not sure it's one of those weird lines where it's like this just i want to be clear that i don't think it's appropriate but i don't know if it's illegal i don't know but um Mm -hmm. so melinda is oh and by the way like one of the i forget which episode it was but one of the Discovery Plus episodes I watched about this um, case talked about how the lesbian movement in the 90s among teenagers was kind of like alongside a lot of the like grunge and like, Mm. you know, it it was kind of like a movement that was happening. And so high schoolers were in some places were really open about it. And it it was it's kind of like a surprising thing to look back on and be like, oh, that was so long ago, like 30 years ago. But yeah. I guess in some pockets or in some areas, it, it like wasn't a big love deal. That the, love that the grunge scene was where it all started. <laughs> yeah, weird. I know. I guess I guess it makes sense. Like kind of that rebellious like. Yeah, I rock remember. And roll. <laughs> I remember growing up, the only like queer people I could rely on were all the emo kids. So it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like that kind of counterculture type mm-hmm. thing. 
So Melinda is confused by Amanda, her girlfriend's actions, and decides to write Shanda a letter. And the letter reads as follows. Shanda, don't be scared of me, please. I just want to be your friend. I just don't like when you speak to Amanda when I'm not there. I mean, why can't we all three be friends? You act like you've got something going on with her. Amanda and I are going together and she loves me and I love her and she only wants to be friends with you. I don't want you sneaking behind my back. Why don't you speak to Amanda when she's with me? You need to find a boyfriend because Amanda is mine and you can even ask her. Please talk to both of us or you can forget about Amanda. You, me, Amanda need to talk together to square this away. Then we can all be friends. Can you meet us at lunch? Your friend, Mel. So basically, Shanda and Amanda ignored this letter completely, um, which really pissed Melinda off. Yeah. Why isn't Melinda going to Amanda and saying, excuse me? Like, what the fuck is cooking right now? You know what? I don't know. And that kind of is a running theme. Like, maybe she's just more pissed at at the, The you know, in those like cliche rom-coms where it's like the girl is the villain. Yeah. The other woman is the villain. You know, I I don't know. Right, right, right. So this uh, letter didn't phase them. And one day, Melinda aggressively confronted Shanda in the school hallway. Um, Shanda was really scared seeing Melinda like so aggressive and violent and promised she'd never see Amanda again. Not true. Uh, Mm. So this appeased Melinda for a while until she spotted a heart-shaped letter in Shanda's locker that said, Shanda loves Amanda. Um, I'm not clear who made that heart-shaped note, but it was in Shanda's locker. And again, Melinda confronted Chanda, grabbing her by the hair and yelling to stay, like yelling at her to stay away from Amanda or else. Mm. Uh, and instead of like taking this, you know, warning to heart, they go to the I think it's a homecoming dance. It's a dance in October, and Shanda agrees to be Amanda's date. Oh. So they show up to this dance and. Amanda later says she didn't think Melinda would be there because she hates school dances. But I'm sort of like, well, if this girl's out to find out, like, right. or to, you know, catch you together, like, I don't, I'm Hell not surprised. Hell hath no fury like Correct. a woman scorned. Are Correct. you kidding me? Like Melinda Loveless's scorn. Exactly. Right. So not surprised she showed up and spotted them together and got pissed. Um, So she turns up, sees what she fears and like basically attacks Shanda and uh, Amanda has to get kind of between them and is like, you know, trying to protect Shanda from her girlfriend. It's, it's her, both of her girlfriends are both of her girlfriends. Yeah. It's kind of a mess. Like, and again, like you said, Amanda's in the middle here. Like she, I I wish she would kind of take some. Yeah. What is the common denominator here? Everybody like it's Amanda. Mm -hmm. I think Amanda's kind of the, the problem here, but Uh whatever. So meanwhile, uh, Melinda is, you know, pressuring Shanda to step away from Amanda. And at the same time, back home, Jackie finds the love letters uh, being written Ooh, from this Amanda. Is so Degrassi so far. Yeah, I, right? Like, finds these romantic bad. letters. So she finds them uh, and she sees that they're sexual. And they say things like from Amanda saying, like, I, I love your soft body. Like, I mean, oh. And Jackie, like, when she was interviewed, was like, I don't care that she was, if she was gay, I don't care. That's not the point. The point is, like, this 15-year-old is writing to my 12-year-old saying, whether it's a boy or girl or whomever, like, writing, you know, I want to touch you again. It's like, whoa, it's just a lot. And at 12, again, like, even at 15, I was probably too young for, like, I was you know immature whatever but like 12 is so tiny that's a lot 12 that's is a little lot. That's you're a not lot. even a teenager i mean whatever 
<laughs> so, and at the same time, Jackie also knows that, like, Shanda's basically failing school and right. is uh, getting and de- detention. probably knows, like, is this the same girl yep. who was yes. beating the shit out of my kid a while ago? Yeah, that was one thing I totally forgot to mention. Like, she got home one day and Amanda was sitting on the porch with her, with Shanda, and she was like, isn't that the girl that like punched you and she's like oh no we're friends now and her mom was like red flag from day one well also like it sounds like from those letters were like this it sounded like shanda was like complying to something she didn't want to do i'm sure she has the memory of like our the first time we saw each other she beat me up so if you i don't do it completely if i don't do what she wants she could beat me up again mm-hmm. well interesting you say that because when jackie asked shanda about the letters shanda tells her mom that at this point she's only seeing amanda because she's scared mm not a good not good not good not what not you want to hear good. uh it has gotten to the point where shanda believes if she didn't have amanda then melinda's gonna attack her and she needs shanda to protect her but she also is only with shanda because she's scared like you know it's just a mess and this is what she tells her mother so who knows if she's just saying that to her mom or if it's the truth or what but that's what jackie hears and is like rut row this is not a safe experience for my 12 mm. year old yep so jackie does everything in her power to keep amanda and these other girls away she uh she thought you know shanda was back on track but she discovered a letter shanda had written to amanda that said amanda i miss you and i will always love you no matter what happens so jackie and steven shanda's parents are like you need to go to another school we're taking you out of here and we're moving you to uh our lady of perpetual help school okay. which is a catholic school okay <laughs> Yep, uh, that's, I guess, what happens when you're in a dramatic lesbian relationship. Catholic school it is. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, maybe it was just like the only school in their district that would take someone halfway through a, a, yeah. a year, but it does feel homophobic. <laughs> oh, 100%. And the name yeah. of it, like Our Lady of Perpetual Help. It's like, if my mom sent me there, I'd be like, wow, message received. Damn, okay. <laughs> exactly. I'd be like, okay, noted. We're just not friends anymore. Okay. Okay. So she got sent to and and it was true, like you said, they were able to get her in by the end of the week. So like she started right away. Um, and this so Melinda hears this, is so pleased that finally Shanda is gone and she can have her girlfriend Amanda back. Unfortunately, Amanda is still in love with Shanda. And Melinda writes Amanda a letter saying, why have you written her name on your effing folder? It hurt so much when I saw it. I didn't think you'd put her ugly name on your folder and you wrote it. You must have liked her enough to have written her name. Why? Well, I'm gone. Okay. But at 16, to be fair, at 16. Big deal. That was a big fucking deal. Big fucking deal. But also, like, Melinda needs to get it together. Like, Melinda needs to get it together. Amanda, everyone needs to get it to fucking together and leave the 12-year-old alone. Okay. I agree. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. So Melinda then writes to Amanda again on November 26th saying, I'm real mad at you. I feel like I want to cry. I want Shanda dead. Hmm. Okay. (sighs) And now act one is over. That's you're completely right. That is the end of act one intermission, except there's no intermission for anybody. Sorry. (laughs) Nope. Not even a moment to breathe. You can't even go by Raisinets. I'm not going to give you the moment to do it. Um, Don't pause me. I'm not gonna. No, not you. I'm talking to the people in their oh. kitchen. Who are like, I'd like to go buy some raisinets. Um, <laughs> so things then also kick off for Amanda because Amanda's father discovers her hidden stash of love letters uh, written to both Melinda and Shanta. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, oh my he, God. You know, totally taken aback. And Amanda hadn't come out to her father yet. So he's like totally 
flipped out. You know, they're in small town Indiana in er the early 90s. Sure, that had something to play. And his reaction was to get the county's juvenile probation officer involved. Oh, so so gay, it's criminal. So gay, it's literally a crime. Wow. And instead of sending her to the perpetual help school, he calls uh, the probation officer and the pro has the probation officer go to Melinda and warn her to stay away from his daughter or else she would see legal charges of harassment made against her. Ooh. So Melinda's wow. just getting like attacked from all sides, at least in her own mind. Like she's sure. like, not winning any of these quote unquote battles. I mean, she has an anger problem, but like also it sounds like with her history, like how could you not have a fucking anger exactly. problem? And also like this so far, this poor girl so far with the history she's had mm -hmm. to deal with at home, her girlfriend is cheating on her, mm -hmm. and now she's just gotten threatened by an adult probation officer with to like criminal not, charges. To not be upset that her girlfriend is cheating on her. Completely. So far, like, I know my opinion is going to change, but so far, Team Melinda. No, no, you're you're right because it's like you know, I mean, she shouldn't have like attacked her physically and like right. pulled also, her hair out. Also, Team Shanda, anti right. Amanda is where I am. Just anti Amanda. Um, Amanda is, is is seems to be like the problem here in a lot yes. of ways, in my yes. opinion. So far. Mm -hmm. So far. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, Jesus, this is just such a fucked up story. Okay. So things are not going well uh, for anybody at this point, really, um, except Chanda, who is at her new school. She's like making new friends. Um, she's not responding to Amanda's letters. She's kind of taken her mother's, you know, warning to heart. She probably, in my opinion, doesn't necessarily want to respond to Amanda. She has her new friends, sure. her new life. She's like happy and safe She's like, and not please scared. just let me forget about this. I mm -hmm. don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, so she she's just living her life. Meanwhile, all this shit is happening with this juvie probation officer and Melinda. Like, obviously, this happened because Amanda's father sent this guy to Melinda's house to threaten her. But in Melinda's mind, She's like, this is not Amanda's fault. It's not her father's fault. It's Shanda's fault. This all of this oh. happened because of Shanda. This is she's the problem. It all started when Shanda hmm. got involved. Her name is on my girlfriend's folder. Hmm. All bad. Okay. So now we fast forward two months to January of 1992. Fifteen-year-old Hope Rippy and fifteen-year-old Tony Lawrence. So there's Hope and Tony. They get picked up by seventeen-year-old Lori Tackett in her car to drive to a rock concert. And although Lori and Hope were friends, this is the first time that Tony would meet Lori, who's driving the car. And as they get in, Lori turns to Hope and straight out says, did you tell her yet? <gasps> and Hope is like, did I tell her what? And Tony's in the backseat going, tell me what? Did you tell me what? And Lori's kind of laughing and says, we're going to kill a girl tonight. <gasps> and... You know, being teenagers, Tony's like, okay, who's this crazy chick that you're, like, introducing me to? Yeah, um, truly. If I were Tony, I'd be like, please pull over. Like, yeah, what? Like, I'm, I'm going what? home. <laughs> oh, my God. So Tony is a little bit like, what the hell? But also thinks, like, well, I don't, like, this is, I don't take this, this seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why would you assume that this 17-year-old girl is telling the truth or not just being dramatic? And so she's like, okay. So she thinks this is a weird joke. Uh, she shrugs it off. They continue driving. They uh, stop in New Albany to pick up another passenger. It's Melinda Loveless. <gasps> so Melinda 
who's friends with Lori, who's driving the car, uh, doesn't know Hope and Tony. They're, they've, they're just meeting for the first time before this concert. So Melinda comes bounding into the car, excited to see everybody. She has brought her wallet, her purse, her makeup, and some other girly things. And she's also carrying a massive kitchen knife. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she hope and tony are like what the fuck like okay they're like we're just going to this concert and now Lori and uh this new girl are like have a knife and are saying they're gonna kill somebody it's yeah it just seems really wild but it's like i did not sign up for this i spent a lot of my teenage money yeah. uh i worked at starbucks so that i could go to this fucking concert please let me just go to the do concert. you know how many <laughs> snow cones i had to make to get the money for this concert and now <laughs> My grunge night has been ruined. And now there's a knife next to me in the car. Now there's a knife. Which now also makes probably them real fucking uncomfortable because now they're like violently being coerced into doing this. Otherwise, yeah. So now they're in the car with a girl with a knife that they don't even know exactly. And they're like, oh, 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 okay. This Mm -hmm. is cool. Great. And Lori's older. She's 17 and is like clearly also part of the plan. So they ask, like, hey, nice to meet you. What's up with the knife? And Melinda assures them that her only intention is to find the girl who had stolen her girlfriend and scare her a little bit. She wants to make her listen once and for all. So she has enlisted her newish friend, Lori, who had dropped out of school recently to help her do it. Now, Lori, who's the one driving the car and is the one who said, like, we're going to kill a girl tonight, Mm -hmm. uh, also has a troubled background. So she and Melinda are kind of like this tornado. They meet. They have this, like, twist. They each have, like, a really fucked up, twisted childhood. And they have some really violent tendencies. And when they get together, things just kind of implode. Mm. So Lori's family was a fundamentalist Christian family. And she had gotten a lot of visits from child services because she was being abused and so she had been going in and out of the hospital due to self-harm she was diagnosed with bpd and she had a fascination with paranormal activity vampirism vampirism and the occult and she said that she later said her parents later said she had always wanted to know what it would feel like to kill somebody to stab somebody with a knife there it is yep So bad combo is kind of what I'm getting at. Like Melinda has vengeance on the mind. Like Melinda's, and this person has morbid curiosity of like, let's go for it. Million percent. So one girl is wants to be violent toward anyone, and one girl has a very specific plan of vengeance. So yeah, together they hatch this terrible, terrible plan. Their checkered pasts overlap into just one color. Like it's just yeah, completely yeah, into just like. (laughs) The worst, the worst of the worst. the worst of quilts. I don't know, uh, <laughs> the, the worst quilt ever, ever quilted. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's the like worst the quilt worst. ever, ever quilted. <laughs> this is the shit. Like when I would write in journalism, I'd title like, wow, name, I'm title gonna, name. <laughs> I'm gonna fail this article. Oh, it's like boy. you're trying to like hit the the word limit on an essay. <laughs> it's not just a quilt; it was also quilted. So, if anybody needs to know. Um, so evidently Melinda had shared these plans with Lori, who was then like, hell yeah, I'm in. And, uh, then Lori invited her childhood friend, Hope, who then invited her friend, Tony. So basically the only people who really know each other are, uh, and who were part of this initial plan are, are Lori and Melinda. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Hope and Tony are kind of like there too. (laughs) They've been Mm -hmm. invited along. 
So before going to the rock concert, the four girls drive over to Shanda's father's house where Shanda was spending the weekend. And so around 8 p.m., Melinda makes Hope and Tony get out of the car and ring the doorbell. And when Shanda answers, they are instructed to tell her that they are there to see that they are there to take her to see Amanda because Amanda wants to see her. So this is why Melinda didn't go to the door because she's like, well, if Shanda sees me, she's going to be like, no. (laughs) But so, you know, these two girls, Hope and Tony, who've never met shanda by the way show up at shanda's door and are like oh amanda wants to see you Mm. so shanda answers the door hope and tony tell her um you know we're here to bring you to amanda she wants to see you but shanda says okay my parents are up like come back later when my parents are asleep and i will sneak out like properly with you so sure they go to the fucking concert (laughs) and Um. then come back to shanda's dad's house around midnight and the concert, if anyone's wondering, was called Sunspring, and I looked them up, and they were a small, I think, like, Louisville, Kentucky band, and they were, like, seemingly, like, rock, grunge, whatever, um, mm-hmm. but so that's the concert, if anyone's wondering. So they go back to Shanda's dad's house around midnight. Shanda's gotten ready. She's there waiting, and Hope and Tony say, come on, get in the car. We're going to go meet Amanda at Witch's Castle, which is a local hangout for teenagers in the area. Okay. And there was a kind of an urban legend that five witches had been burned there. And oh. so a lot of teenagers thought it was like pretty, I mean, you know, like yeah, we would I, have gone I, and I explored it. I, right, totally, exactly. Absolutely. I'd be it's there. It's like somewhere like creepy and cool that, you know, people would hang out at. And so they say, Amanda's there. We're going to go meet her. So Shanda hops in the back seat. Everybody's chatting. But what Shanda doesn't know is that meanwhile, Melinda is hiding under a blanket in the back. <sighs> Oof. Okay. With a fucking knife. So Wow, so we're like we're not okay. Okay. Yep. So here we go. This nothing good happens from the rest of the, in the rest of the story. Fun fact. Okay. Oh, hey, I could already tell. <laughs> oh, what a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're driving, they're driving. Suddenly, Melinda jumps out from her hiding spot, jumps onto Shanda and holds the knife to her throat. She tells Shanda, I'm going to slit your throat unless you swear that you'll break up with Amanda. Shanda is, like, so taken aback, obviously, that she can't even, like, speak. I mean, she has a knife to her throat. And so uh, uh, Melinda tells Lori, keep driving and stop when we get somewhere really far away and abandoned. Oh, shit. Yeah. So at this point, Hope and Tony are like, oh, God, okay. Like, this is scary, but they're just trying to scare her, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they, they still think, like, oh, we're just trying to scare her. So having driven through a lot of forest, uh, Lori finally stops at a remote trash dump. And Shanda, again, she's a literal 12-year-old, is just like begging to go home. And yeah. she is forced out of the car where the girls take off all her clothes. And then Melinda and Lori, who were kind of like the head honchos of this plan, tie her up. Uh, Lori begins taunting Shanda. And she sets Shanda's smiley face t-shirt on fire and says that she would be the one to burn next in this place (gasps) full of dead people. Oh, my God. So Melinda and Lori start punching Shanda uh, until she's, like, on the ground, essentially, and basically just hurt her for seven hours. Like, for hours. Seven hours. And this is where it gets, like, really hard to grasp because it's like there you know there's four teenage girls two of them are clearly like this was their intention and then two of them have been dragged along and so you kind of see this very psychological like packed pack mentality and also like this fear of like these two other girls yeah like they're just going along with it so they it doesn't happen to them 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, so either they're scared or they are just like swept up in the drama. Like who knows? But they're just there for the ride, essentially. So Shanda is getting beaten up for hours and hours and hours. And finally, Melinda tries to slit Shanda's throat with the kitchen (gasps) knife. But because it's too blunt, they end up just stabbing her with it. And then they choke her with a rope until she's unconscious. And they put her in the back tr- in the back of the car in the trunk, and the four girls drive back to Lori's house. And once they get to Lori's house, they clean themselves up. They drink some soda from the fridge. As you do when you're a literal fucking child. Yeah. And so, you know, oh the parents probably come in, I'm picturing it, and are like, hey, kids, you know, everyone's drinking Sunkissed or whatever. And it's like, fucking A. Like, Can you imagine being the parent later, like, <gasps> looking back and being like, I just saw my kid, like, just hanging out, like, at our, our kitchen island drinking Capri Sun and mm-hmm. it's like... And there's oh, a fucking... Literally just fucking, felt someone at knife point. Yeah, like, Subaru outside with a body in the trunk and it's like, how would you even... Why would you even think that that would be happening? So, mm. um, they're drinking sodas and just when they're like, okay, we did our work, whatever, and the two girls, Hope and Tony, are probably like, uh, we're going home now, they hear noises from outside, and it's from the trunk. So mm. Shanda is in the back, and she's still alive. And I guess as dumb teenagers, they'd convince themselves they'd already killed her, and or that she was unconscious. And they I'm were surprised gonna... they even like picked up her body and put it in a trunk. I thought they'd just leave her out there. That's I know. I'm kind of surprised too. And I I don't I think a lot of this ends up being sort of like you know teenagers whose frontal lobes aren't fully developed and they don't really have a plan they just kind of do whatever they think of in the moment um which is obviously how they were immediately caught but we'll get there so they hear kicking and screaming from inside the trunk and hope is basically pressured into apparently at least from one of the reenactments it sort of looked like melinda was like you know here like handing her like a tool or something and hope was kind of like hesitant like didn't want to Mm. and so instead hope sprays her with windex is like her violent act and mocks her saying you're not looking so hot now are you and keep in mind hot uh hope and tony have never even met this girl or Lori. like they don't even know who this child is and so melinda and Lori, um like basically react right away the two of them drive off with shanda in the car leaving hope and tony behind They stop at a gas station where they buy a two-liter bottle of Pepsi. They empty it, refill it with gasoline, which is, (gasps) like, where you're like, okay, they just had a thought. And we're like, this is what we do next. Oh, my God. So they find another empty location where they drag Shanda out of the car. They stab her again. They sexually assault her. And then finally, they pour gasoline all over her and light her on fire. (gasps) Yeah. Oh. It's like every bad, bad thing you could do to a person. Every it's... bad, bad thing. And they interview one of the officers who was involved in the case and like initially found her body and like was involved from day one. And I mean, his story is interesting in and of itself. He was like the first black officer in southern Indiana. So he has his own like interesting backstory, mm. but he starts crying during this and it's like so awful to watch this like really seriously grown man who clearly seen a lot of shit in his life start crying after so many years of probably recounting this over and over again. Sure. And he says like all he can all he prays is that she was unconscious at this point, which, you know, there's not really a way to know necessarily, yeah. but 
it's unclear. So they light her on fire and drive off. And Melinda and Lori return to Lori's house where Hope and Tony are still waiting with their Capri Suns. And they well. enthusiastically describe their murder, teasing how apparently the only thing Shanda could say before she died was mommy. Why the fuck did you? Okay. I don't know. I'm sorry. I regret it. Every time I hear a child case and like, yeah. they, even like if it's fake, like I've seen like, like Law and Order episodes SVU or whatever. Yeah. Where like the last, the kid's last words were mommy. I, it just makes it so much and they interview her mom and to see her mom talk about this it's like how do you even cope or get through it i don't know um i wouldn't as i could i don't i don't know how you you can't you don't come back you don't i don't think back. you could really yeah i, don't, I, I mean, think you just live a, a new version of a new alternate life now yeah and like we do come back to her in the end and see kind of how she, what she has been doing which is you know people who find a way to go on are always so impressive to me because it's like Couldn't i don't know how you would get to that point you know couldn't be me i would never if something ever happened to my kid or my parent either direction yeah i i'm i'm gonna be a complete mess especially to know that you know i might have been their last thought during a violent act yeah yeah it makes it so oh much God. darker and worse oh. if it even could be right so so they come back they're joking about this murder and then they all go out to mcdonald's for breakfast where it was reported that they compared a burnt sausage to Shanda's body. Um, so they're fucking, like, amused by this. They're not horrified. They're not like, what did we do? What have we done? They're, like, please oh with themselves. Oh, my God. They're not like, shit, we took it too far. Melinda and Lori are like, this was a fun evening. Like, we had a great time. Just your average Friday night hang. Just a post-concert hangout, yeah. So while the four girls are there eating, mm. Stephen, Steve Scherer, who's at home, is obviously panicking, realizing his daughter's not home. It's been eight hours, so he's awake, and his daughter's not in his bed. So his step right. her stepmom's like, she's not in her bed, Steve. And he's like, well, fuck. So they're calling everybody. They even call Amanda, who's like, I don't know where she is, which is also, true. At that, yeah. And also, finally, Amanda, like, who's been, like, nothing but bad to the bone in this in this story. She's exactly. like, I'm off the fucking hook. When like, she I don't wasn't involved, I was like, wait, what? Like, I thought this is gonna be her part of the narrative but like no she wasn't even but involved. also like imagine amanda who's like now grown up and like yep thinks like what the fuck was that about like yeah she's been interviewed on dr phil and i'll talk about that later too but like yeah she's definitely well also imagine being the parents like you just woke up and saw your kids gone and you think like oh maybe she like just left or thought she was cool to leave with her friends for school but like she's already dead like, she's got yeah she's been gone since for eight hours yeah uh so fucking terrible obviously he's calling neighbors he's calling her friends he eventually rings jackie who and makes this terrible call being like she's missing and jackie comes over and realizes that uh shanda's purse is at home and she's like shanda never left her purse anywhere she even went to the bathroom with it mm. so she's like we need to call the police right now so they file a missing persons report and um Meanwhile, Melissa calls Amanda and says, guess what I did? Because I love you so much. Wait, Melinda? Sorry, Melinda. Sorry, I was Melinda like, called Amanda. I was like, where are <laughs> we? Melissa. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> you were like, guess who called Melissa? And I went, oh, I don't even know who that is. Oh who my the God. fuck's Melissa? <laughs> no, Melinda gets okay. home and she like calls Amanda and is like, guess what I did for your love, basically. Motherfucker. 
Uh, and Amanda later said in a Dr. Phil interview that because Melinda was sort of like, sort of like talking about this in a serious tone and then kind of bursting into hysterics that like Amanda wasn't sure if Melinda was just like joking or was like sort of trying to sound scary. Like she like couldn't wrap her head around like that sure. Melinda would actually do this because like, how could you really? So either way, Melinda made Amanda promise she wouldn't tell a soul but it turns out Amanda was not the one to worry about because, according to Murderpedia, my other favorite website, at 8.20 p.m., a hysterical Tony Lawrence went to the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office with her parents. She gave a rambling statement identifying the victim as Shanda, saying she didn't know her last name because, again, she'd never even met this girl before, mm. uh, naming the three other girls involved and describing the main events of the previous night. So this um, police office is 50 miles away from from the one where the missing persons report had been made. So they don't even realize that there's a Shanda missing. So they have to call around and they realize like, okay, there has been a report filed about someone named Shanda Cher. And when the cops find out that this girl was 12 years old, they're like, fuck, because the body had been found, but it was burned so badly. They couldn't tell if it was an adult. They couldn't even tell who, like if it was. And so when they learn it's a child, they were like, you know, obviously, extra horrified because they couldn't even oh they didn't God. even realize so um with testi- tony's testimony detective howard henry drove to the sheriff's house um to tell the family he collected shanda's dental records to confirm that the body was shanda's uh, and then melinda loveless and Lori tackett were arrested and all four girls were put in custody good yeah tony's statement was pivotal not only in the prosecution but also in how the news kind of got around to the rest of the world so uh, there was not much information except for Tony's statement. So that was kind of what the news was able to cling to. And one of the most horrific things from the episode is hearing Shanda's mother say, nobody knew how to tell me how Shanda had died. So I had to learn from the news that she had been burned alive. Like that's how she found out how her daughter had been killed was from oh a fucking God. news report. Yeah. Christine, um, that's wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. So, which like, <laughs> I don't know how to process that. That I yeah. don't know. That's awful. That's I. I'm. I get why no one wanted to tell her because it was so brutal. But then I would also. Yeah, it's like still worse to find out from the news. You know, somehow, even though like. Yeah, how would yeah. you tell her? Yeah, how, how do you tell someone that? But then also, like, as her watching the show or watching the news or hearing about it, knowing that at any moment you're about to find out the thing everyone's too too upset to tell you. And like, hearing it and being like, wait, I didn't know that before the news knew it. Like, that must just be a terrible feeling. Ooh, okay. So um, the prosecution declared its intention to try all four girls as adults. Um, And at that point, it looked like they were going to face the death penalty. So they accepted plea bargains to avoid it. And during the hearings, that's when everything kind of came up. So Melinda's stories of her abuse during childhood um, and then Lori's as well. And a year later, in February of 1993, Larry Loveless, who's Melinda's dad, was charged with rape, sodomy and sexual battery. He was arrested, spent two years in prison awaiting trial but because of the statute of, of limitations, which was only five years in Indiana, uh, um, he and it, the the crimes that happened over twenty five years ago, uh, he some of them at least, uh, he was basically the charges were dropped. Um, 
all but one. And so wow. he received a sentence, but re- was released only like less than two years later. So he barely got any sort like a slap on the wrist, essentially. Oh, my God. Um, and so as for the young women, so Hope and Tony, who were sort of along for the ride, but also didn't. It just it's frustrating because it's like, well, obviously, like, I understand why they would be scared in the moment. But also, like, there were so many chances where they could have found an adult or run away or called somebody or yeah the house it's 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 scary it's hard to pinpoint my feelings on it because obviously what they did was terrible but i am also aware that they could have been their own victims in their own right because they might have been threatened into helping yeah so it's like well where do you how far do you place blame i know I know it makes it just so much more frustrating and like I had a really hard time with it and then I heard Shanda's mom say you know she didn't have any sympathy for them she's like there's so many times they could have just grabbed a parent or an adult like at Lori's house and been like there's a girl well, in the trunk see, anything my, my thought too at one point and yeah I th- that's also super valid like if I maybe they because they're brains weren't fully developed they hadn't they couldn't think that far into how to get themselves out of that mm-hmm. but my first thought was when they were going to go knock on Shanda's door and Melinda couldn't be there. Like, why didn't two of them be like, you need to fucking run? Like, you need to call Well, because the they, remember at that point, they just thought, like, uh, Melinda had said, oh, we're just going to scare her. Like, which oh. obviously isn't good either. But, like, they real, I think, I think if they knew we're about to stab this girl to death, like, right, maybe they right. wouldn't have. But I think it was almost like, oh, they, they never imagined it would get that far. And then it got out and of control. And then all of a sudden they were out in the woods with someone with a knife who yes. was ready to kill someone. And like if they could do that to her, they could do that to me. But yeah, they, um, they could have. The dad was right there. They could have said something because they were waiting at the house for the two of yeah, them. Yeah, and like at the I house. don't know if there were parents there. I don't know that. I was just joking about like the no, parents walking in. So I don't know that there was a parent. But so there was probably a phone in the house they yeah, could have called or something. Or something. They're, and yeah, when they found out it. that she's in the trunk alive, you know, like, hopefully yeah. something kicked in. And it's hard. It's hard because, like, I want to be, you know, I want to understand the point of, like, well, the peer pressure, the, the fear, um, their children. But then, you know, if it were my child, I think I'd be like, why the fuck oh, didn't you course. say anything? So of it's, course. like, a really hard line to kind of draw. But um, for what it's worth, Tony and Hope got lighter sentences. They uh, to- One of them got 20. One of them got 35 years. And Tony was released in 2000 after serving nine years. Hope served 14 and got out in 2006. Uh, both Melinda and Lori received 60-year sentences for the murder of Shanda Scherer. Um, and it's still sort of, it's still sort of wild that like Lori was even so heavily involved because she didn't even know the girl. But at the same time, there's just this background of like wanting to kill somebody and when her family her mom and sister went on dr phil and told dr phil that Lori had always believed it was her destiny to murder someone oh my so god clearly it was just wrong, wrong two wrong people meeting at the wrong time and things got out of hand um and amanda herself was also interviewed by dr phil and in it she comments that the time was really hard for her as well because she quote lost basketball scholarships and got kicked off the basketball team and it's like that's why it's hard. <laughs> like, right. Right. Hello? <laughs> like, okay. I Sorry guess, for your I loss? guess I get what you're saying, though. Like, it affected you even though you didn't do anything that wrong, I guess. But, like, okay. Okay. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. 
I'm like, that's not what, I, like, how, like, how do you many... feel about two people you were dating and sleeping with? One of them killed the other. And like 15 years like, later, brutally... I don't think I'd be hung up on the basketball scholarship. But uh, what do I right. know? I mean, right. Right. I don't know. As an adult, I don't know that I would still be focused on that. But whatever. So Lori herself, for what it's worth, has shown remorse. Uh, she was quoted in the interview saying, I didn't know Shanda at all. I didn't go into that evening knowing anything was going to happen, wanting anything to happen. I didn't. Peer pressure, that's all it was. It spiraled out of control way too fast. It's something that should have never happened. But again, like, she was one of the ringleaders of this and was one of the more violent participants. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Um, so she was released in January of 2018. And then oh, wow. uh, Melinda was released in September of 2019. And she had been channeling her efforts into a prison program called ICAN, I-C-A-N, which stands for the Indiana Canine Assistant Network. And basically, while behind bars, Melinda was uh, able to help train puppies to act as assistance dogs okay. uh, for those with special needs. And one of the dog breeders who works with ICAN is a burn victim, uh, similar to oh. Shanda. And that was kind of like a notable thing, connection she made behind bars. And this breeder reached out to Jackie, uh, Shanda's mom, and like urged her to come watch Melinda tend to the dogs in the training program. So Jackie went uh, reluctantly, but she was so moved by what she saw with Melinda, you know, working with these dogs that she commented, I was really taken aback. I saw someone almost reborn. She was sincere. She was compassionate. I think the ICANN program allows her to have something in her life that she can show love back to. And there's never betrayal on either side. Wow. Um, so talk about bigger person <laughs> than the mom. Truly. Um, I'd be like, I hope one of those dogs eats you. Are eats you kidding you me? Completely. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, bravo to you. Good I know. Job. So she's a much bigger person than I think I would be. Um, And this came a long way because in 2012, she did an interview where she commented, where Jackie commented, I have many times said, if you want to see a person who has absolutely nothing inside of them, look into Melinda's eyes because there's nothing there. And she even acknowledged like Melinda never should have gone through what she went through. But at the same time, she also should never have murdered my daughter. Right. So it's kind of like a fucked up circle there. Um, But seeing Melinda take care of puppies for a good cause, Jackie was so moved that she donated a puppy to Melinda to work with. Excuse me. (laughs) Like, like acid reflux. Sorry. (laughs) It's like things are coming out of your mouth that don't sound right in some ways. panicking. (laughs) So she donated a puppy for her to work with, um, and Jackie called the dog Angel in honor of Shanda. And um, Jackie also had another loss um when steve her ex-husband passed away at the age of 53 um (gasps) and the way jackie puts it is uh he drank himself to death she said he did everything short of putting a gun to his head like he just his life like ended that day basically that shanda was gone and he never recovered you know understandably and he ended up drinking himself to death according to her and although some people probably like us are like just can't comprehend how Jackie could be so, like, you know, compassionate toward Melinda. Um, Jackie has asserted, it's my choice to make. She's my ch- she's my child, as in Shanda. If you don't let good things come from bad things, nothing gets better. And I know what my child would want. My child would want this. So, wow. like, just a very loving. What a good woman. Wise person. 
Um, And Melinda was so appreciative of Jackie's offering that she's since thanked her publicly, saying she helped me to heal, forgive, and grow whether she wanted that or not. She did a good thing. I would thank her. I couldn't thank her enough. Angel is in good hands, and I'm doing it for Shanda. I'm doing it for her. So if you want to learn more about this case, um, there's that Stephanie Harlow YouTube series. Uh, There are several shows on Discovery+. Plus. Um, You can pull an M and borrow my password and watch Mm -hmm. Ghost Adventures, or you Mm -hmm. can watch... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the episodes about this story um there's also a couple books michael quinn wrote a book called little lost angel and aphrodite jones who was interviewed on some of the shows wrote a book called cruel sacrifice and that is a story the very 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 dark fucked up story of shanda sharer wow end. oh my gosh that um, sorry also sorry about that no you, my you bad. did it look it's not your fault that your well, it is your fault that your literal job is to talk about dark things. It's also your fault, to be fair. It is more my fault. I, I, you could have said no, and you did, but then you came I back, did. so it's back to your fault. <laughs> That's um, true. I did say no, but everyone convinced me otherwise. Well, wow, the unsung Sorry. hero there really is a uh, Jackie. I mean, I also I'm all for you know people actually being rehabilitated and all that, yeah. but like. I, I don't know if I'm big enough to forgive something like that if it were my kid. So well done to Jackie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a, a very desperate shift to bring up positive information. Yeah. Um, if you like spooky stories, but you don't need true crime, you're more into the cryptid thing. We have our poetry slam if coming up. If you're like up. done with me right now, I get it. <laughs> if you'd like to tell us your own stories instead of hearing really dark stories about other people, um, and your story happens to be the time you witnessed Sasquatch or Mothman or <laughs> the Loch Ness Monster, um, then please send in your stories or your own cryptid slam poetry, if you'd like. Uh, send it into ATWWD from our couches at gmail.com. And uh, we have our live show on the 17th at four Pacific, seven Eastern, um, $10 tickets. Uh, but it's going to be worth it because we are donating everything to Asian Americans advancing justice. And you could win some really um, great gifts. So, or uh, when you could auction, we're auctioning off some really great gifts. So, um, and what's the link is, for is, tickets again? I don't have it pulled up. Uh, the link for our tickets, if you just go to any of our socials, it's in the link tree. It's like I think the first there's a bit.ly links. too. Uh, um, oh, yes. A bit.ly. Uh, it's ATWWD Cryptid Slam. Yeah. So bit.ly slash ATWWD Cryptid Slam. You can also go to and we're very excited for it. So if you want to, you don't have to contribute to be a part of the show. If you just want to come watch, you don't even have to, to bid on anything, but um, it'll be a good time either way. Sorry for such a drastic shift from something dark into no, this. I'm we just needed to force it. desperately Sorry. trying to end this on a uh, on a higher note. So uh, thank you to everyone who <laughs> listened, and also I hope you come to our Cryptid Poetry Slam virtual show and share. I auction. promise there won't be any 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 uh, you know of sadness. This. It'll be very. It'll be much more happy if you like. It'll happier, be creepy but uplifting. If you like creepy happy things please come maybe even dildos how do you feel about dildos if you like a good dildo there you have it or <laughs> there you have it. come come on down shrug emoji we'll be there <laughs> and that's why we drink in a fast-paced world every day brings new challenges and new opportunities at strayer university we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. 
Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.